Welcome to the very first episode of the Renew Community Podcast, The In-Between. Doug and I are here. We are nervous. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Lindsay, good to see you. Good to see you too. But we're more excited to talk about God and what's happening in between. Yeah. And so we thought one of the best ways for us to begin this is by just sharing our stories because we feel as if part of what helps us in the in-between spaces of life. So our Monday through Saturday faith journey is really inspired by stories. And so we want to begin our first episode just sharing our stories and how we came to faith and how we've been shaped and some of those things. So, so Doug, why don't you tell us a little about your story? Yeah. Um, a lot of you know me as uh, one of the pastors at Renew and you've seen me around for a long time. Um, but yeah, my story actually starts uh, many years ago, the day I was born. No, oh, just yeah. kidding. I don't want to go that far back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I came to know Jesus um, in my early 20s, and uh, I was really fortunate to grow up in a really good Christian home, but just never really had um, a relationship or even felt connected to God. And so when I was about 20 years old, uh, my life really took a radical shift. I flunked out of college a few times and was just in a real messy place. And uh, I remember just having this moment of just feeling like, my life was really messed up and I didn't know mm. what to do. And all of a sudden tears started flowing. And mm. for the first time in my life, I thought there, this Jesus guy must be real. And I feel like he has life and there's no other place I want to go. And so, yeah, it was weird. A few months later, um, I was uh, back going to a church for the first time in about two years and um, it was really close to my house, so I could sleep in still, which was <laughs> that's great. Important uh, in your twenties. <laughs> it is really important. It's still important now, but that's been thrown out the window. Um, but yeah, when I was uh, I showed up at the church, met the pastor there, and introduced myself. And uh, for those of you that have been around church for a while, and you meet a pastor on a Sunday, it's kind of like a you feel like it's just going in one ear and out the other. <laughs> a month and a half goes by. He takes me out to dinner. Um, and he says, hey, uh, the Holy Spirit, which I didn't even really know what that meant, except for it was part of something important about God, um, told me that I'm supposed to hire you to be the assistant youth pastor uh, here at this church, which um, that sounds like a really cool <laughs> title, but it actually means uh, cleaning toilets, <laughs> setting things up and hanging out with kids. And so, yeah, uh, and he just spoke a lot of truth into my life and um, he said, I, I believe one day you're going to kind of take this thing over and take it places I can't. And sure enough, a year and a half later, I was the youth pastor that um, didn't read through the entire Bible, didn't really know <laughs> where a lot of books were. In fact, some of my students knew more than I did, but I was just hungry to grow. And yeah, um, yeah. so I was a youth pastor for 11 years and had a chance to be around some really cool kids and they just encouraged me a ton. And then um, sort of towards the end of that, I started feeling a stirring towards youth, uh, church planting. Um, and the denomination I was with just didn't really have a structure in place for church planting, for mm -hmm. starting new churches, uh, to reach people who are far from Jesus that wouldn't find themselves in churches. And so I ended up coming to Renew because I met this J.R. Briggs guy and a friend of mine said, hey, they have this program called the Apprenticeship Program where you can go and live in a community and learn how to plant a church and all this stuff. And I thought, dude, that sounds awesome. So I met J.R. and there was another pastor at the time named Tracy. And uh, after uh, 
seven month process of discerning if that was where we were going to go uh, to join in with this wild community. Uh, we I remember the day I told my church I was leaving. It was one of the hardest things wow. I ever did. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, now seven years later, uh, I'm, you know, doing the pastoral thing at Renew and it's just been super, super fun and encouraging. And it, it's funny because when Mayor and I started to dream about church planning, uh, our dream was renew. We just didn't know hmm. it. And so hmm. that was really cool to kind of be part of that. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the church in general is such an easy target in our culture. Like mm-hmm. everybody picks on her, but she's still the bride of Christ yeah. and he loves. And I'm just glad that I get a chance to be part of a community that really trusts God and wants to see it grow. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> My story won't be quite that eloquent, but <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> um, so I came to faith about 12, maybe 13 years ago. I was 19. Um, I don't know. We could do the math and how old I am now, but we're not going to do that. So um, 23. <laughs> exactly. Um, I know I was 19 years old and on a mission trip with my parents who had come to faith um, after my freshman year of college. And they said, we're going on a mission trip to the Ukraine. You're coming with us. And I was like, no, 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 no. They're mm. like, we canceled our vacation. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, no, not mm. not happening. But they took me kicking and screaming. And while we were on the trip, I I came to know Jesus and wow. yeah, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Ukraine near Chernobyl. I was like, I'm going to get, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to get radiation poisoning. But um, no, it was great. It was a good trip. And one of the guys on the trip kind of, you know, told me his story about how he grew up it was similar to how I grew up with kind of all sorts of bad stuff. And he's like, I came to faith when I was in the army and he told me, he just kind of led me along and it was like, I could see similarities in our lives and I think you need Jesus too. Mm. And so as that one nights after he told me that I was laying, laying there like, Oh my gosh, like I'm down the wrong path. I, you know, just doing wrong stuff, (laughs) Not, not great stuff. And I kind of felt the same thing you did. Like I need Jesus in this life, like to, to keep going. I'm not, I'm just going, you know, quickly downhill. So, um, yeah, I came to, came to know him and, filled my life. And it's just been crazy since then. Um, my husband or my now husband was on that trip <laughs> to no the Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> he was an intern at the church, so he had to go on the trip too, but he was excited to go on the trip where yeah. I was not. So you're, you um, support mission trip dating. I then. do support mission trip okay. dating. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. So it was, it was, it was fun though. We met on that trip and then a few months later started dating. And wow. so we've been married 10 years now. We have two little kids. Um, so I have mom brain a lot of the time and can't remember what I'm going to say. But. <laughs> You know, we were, so I came to faith in a very fundamental, um, church and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, that was really good for me at the time. Mm. I needed a complete new creation, total change from what I was, where I was, um, totally lost myself. Wasn't, you know, kind of fell into the mold, which was really what I needed. Um, I feel like fundamentalists get a lot of flack for, you know, multiple things, but like, it was really what I needed in that point in my time in my life to really come to know Jesus, shed everything that was my old life and become new. Mm. Um, and so now that I know him better and I found, well, so I know him better now and I've found freedom from, from that, from my sin, from from a lot of things. And yeah. I think renew was a huge part in that. Yeah. Um, we felt 
caged in in fundamentalism. And we've we were leaving that to look for something else. And we didn't know what we wanted. And we met actually with the first repent. We met the first apprentice from Renew, Jason, at um, a house show in Lansdale. And he invited us to come to church. (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, this week's a house church. So I don't know if you want to come. And like, we're like, okay, we'll come. We'll try it. Like, (laughs) whatever. And so we went. And that was probably eight years ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was eight years ago last month. So we went to house church and the next week went to gathering and... Haven't looked back. <laughs> now, and now you're doing a podcast. And now we're doing and, a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you and Michael yeah. are both so integral in, the, in leadership <laughs> at Renew and part of Renew. And yeah, that's really, that's really cool. So it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people, when they, when they talk about fundamentalism, it's always like almost with uh, garlic around their neck right? and like a steak <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to kill this thing. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that I sense there's grace and grace in your tone towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there has to be, there has to be grace for everybody. Mm. We're all trying to get closer to Jesus yeah. and we all are going to do it differently. Yeah. And fundamentalism is good for some. It's good for a season. It's good, you know, but it's bad for others. Right. It's not right for others. So, yeah. and I, that's why I feel like we have this whole spectrum, yeah. whether you're far conservative or far liberal, but they're all, everyone's looking towards Jesus. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. I feel like that's a very hopeful uh, well, way thanks. of thinking about <laughs> the the church, especially in a season where it just feels like it's, we're always looking for ways to polarize. Yeah. And it's like, and how, that's just divisive. And that's just the enemy. I feel like trying yeah. to turn us against each other. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really, even as we think about our, our gathering, some of the, sometimes in, in our gatherings, we pray for other churches. Mm. And like, I just love that posture of not just our church, but other churches do that too, of realizing that man for like, as they go, we go. So yeah. if, if there's a scandal in one church in town mm-hmm. that impacts all of the churches in town. And so how we how we bless and think about our brothers and sisters in Christ is like super important. It's funny because I grew up in a more of a competitive style denomination where Hmm. it was like, you were always singing like, well, who's stealing people from whose church? And it's, (laughs) it's just so funny where like now I'm part of a community when it's like, you don't fit here, man, let me help you find a church where you feel you will fit. And it's, yeah. I mean, there's sometimes I have to like pinch myself, like, is this real? Because I probably would have got fired for that like years ago. Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, but I think, you know, it's just important. I think it takes a lot of maturity to look back on our faith journey and be grateful mm. for the shaping and opposed to being like cynical. Mm. And I think it's it's okay to, to, to critique and to recognize the things that didn't quite fit, mm-hmm. but to do it in a gracious tone is just yeah. super, super important. Over the summer, I had this wild, crazy idea about starting a um, something that happened on the in-between times of, of gatherings because it's we kind of ran into this this thing, noticing that a lot of people were listening to our podcast from our community when they weren't there. And people continue to say, man, I wish there was more. Like, I wish we were engaged in conversations around our faith on a more regular basis. And, you know, yeah, it's happening at house church. And yeah, we're we're trying to cultivate. And ultimately, the, the, the hope is that people would continue to cultivate faith conversations. But I thought, what if we did something a little bit different? And then I threw out this idea. Uh, Lindsay was at a meeting uh, with us. And I said, what if we started a podcast? And Lindsay's response was? Of course, sure. 
Yeah. I'm an Enneagram seven, so <laughs> I'm always up for a good time. And this sounds like a blast. So. Yeah. And it was really cool because the minute like she said that, I said, would you be willing to do it? And she was like, <laughs> of course, <"Heck> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd love to do that. And um, it's just been really kind of interesting as we've started to think and dream about what topics we can tackle and how we can really begin to to just shape conversations in between gatherings and house churches and just to have another opportunity to just equip people uh, of our community and even to have spaces where we can even hand these and recommend some of our friends who may be far from Jesus to have a chance to listen to conversations around faith. And so for us, that feels like a pretty, pretty cool place. Um, but and I think to take that a step further, I heard a stat, and I'm going to be one of those people who tells you a stat nice. but doesn't have a reference. But so it's real. It's for yeah. sure real. Fake um, news. This guy I was listening to on a podcast said <sighs> that, <laughs> that people who are millennials are age range. You're a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. You're an older millennial. I'm an old anyway. millennial. <laughs> Too much gray hair in my beard to be a millennial. Um, millennials who profess to go to church, at least, also, or it was a high percentage, um, don't have faith conversations during the week. Interesting. Um, so they're comfortable talking about Jesus on Sundays, but not so much during the week. And so I think that's another reason why this is important to kind of spur on those conversations and tell stories where Jesus is the center and really, um, yeah, to encourage renew folks, other folks, anybody who's listening. Hello. Anybody yeah. out there? Um, to encourage all of us to have more Jesus conversations in the in-between between yeah. Monday and sa- uh, Saturday. Yeah, because there is this paradigm that exists where people think formation happens on Sunday. Right. Like if I want to follow Jesus, I go to a church on Sunday and we do not want to say, we want to make sure we're very clear being part of faith community is super important. And the formation that happens together, I mean, in the scriptures, it talks about whole buildings being shaken when believers get together to pray. So we don't want to pretend like that's not important now. It is, but there's so much that can, there's so much potential to grow on Monday through Saturday, where all of a sudden your faith moves away from being just something you go to, to something you embody. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, our hope is that we just embody these stories and these, these just become natural in how we Mm -hmm. think about what it means to grow, what it means to follow Jesus. And, and just, we can become more comfortable in having these conversations. It was funny. My, uh, my son is 14. He mentioned the other day, someone asked him to share his faith story Mm. and like only a 14 year old boy can do. He's like, well, I think it's stupid to share your story um, because your story's still being written until you Whoa, die. And I'm like, bomb, Caleb. you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, well, I, I kind of want to rein him in right now, but I, I'm kind of excited about how he's going here. This is good. Um, and it was really cool because from his perspective, he's like, I feel like stories have, you know, in, in, in my mind, what I heard him say was our stories aren't done Mm -hmm. and we have to keep telling the story. We have to keep engaging the story. And so, yeah, I I learned a lot from my 14 year old that day. (laughs) I think we all did. We were like, "Mm." okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I thought it'd be really interesting too. And and if you're listening, you're going to hear a lot of references to our gatherings and our house churches. And so if you've never been to one, um, you're more than welcome to come check one out. Uh, But Uh, A lot of this stuff may make sense to those who are part of the community on a regular basis because this will kind of have some some weight in that. And we're going to talk about upcoming events and things that are coming because we really want to make sure that uh, we communicate well. I realize that almost all of you listening to this podcast get the 
the weekly email and read the top five things. Um, but for some reason, you still ask me questions and ask us <laughs> questions about what's really happening. And so we know that all of you listen to podcasts and we figure this would be a good way for us to really talk about some of these things too. So you hear passion behind it, not just, um, you don't just glaze over it, uh, but you can hear some more stories about that. we've been going through this series about the gospel. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that and what's been happening with that. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's so interesting to think that as a, as a follower of Jesus, this word that's so central to what our faith is, is this word gospel. But at the same time, when you ask someone, a Christian, you know, what's the gospel? People kind of, oh, you know, it's Jesus and like he died for our sins and all that is true. But we really felt this call, um, like Ben and I just really felt convicted that we need to nuance this this and to to make it become so much bigger of a story than what we sense people have reduced it down to. And so I love I'd love to hear your thoughts. Ben asked a really important question, I think, for a lot of us. And the question was somewhat like this. Um, the what was the gospel message that saved you? Like how did you come to meet Jesus and what was the good news in that? And then how did that, what's the good news that you believe now? And, and is there a journey there and how has that journey yeah. taken place? Yeah, for sure. So the gospel message when I first came to faith was um, a very clear um, dead to your sin kind of thing and come try to be like Jesus. Um, and it was a very becoming new, becoming um Oh, how do I say this? Joel, you're going to edit this out. But um, so it was becoming dead to your sin and becoming like us. And like, oh, yeah. which was kind of like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that that was still important. It was becoming, um, becoming dead to your sin, putting that away. And that was important to me. I needed to become dead to sex and drugs and rock and roll and the whole thing. I needed to, I needed that to die. Yeah. Um, it wasn't going to take me anywhere. Yeah. Towards life. And now the gospel is be alive in Christ. Oh, wow. And so like, um, now there's freedom. Now there's love. Now it's way bigger than I ever expected or experienced in the beginning. And I think that is beautiful and sustaining and abundant. And it's not um, kind of rules based or like I talked about in my story, like, you know, I mean, I'm veiling it now, but fundamentalism was hard yeah. and now there's freedom. And I think that is how the gospel has changed for me in the past 10, 10, 11 years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I feel like um, a lot of people, when they think about the gospel, it's, it's really, it's really pinpoint. Like, yeah. It's just it's, a one-time thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, well I, I accepted Jesus and now I'm, <laughs> when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And like, that's <laughs> right. what it is. Um, but I think what's so interesting is I feel like the God, like the gospel is like, sort of this really overarching, like super highway. Yes. And there's all these on-ramps to mm-hmm. it. And like the way to on-ramp that, you know, so like, I mean, you mentioned being on a missions trip. I feel like <laughs> I have friends who came to know Christ because they went and served somewhere. Right. And it just like changed them. Like, they were like, I was supposed to be here to tell other people about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. <laughs> right. Right. And then all of a sudden it like this thing explodes or, you know, or people that grew up in real strict homes, like meet this God who's loving and free. Yes. And that just like, that yeah. sucks them in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've just found it so interesting how 
our stories really shift. And it's not that the one wasn't true. It's just that, right. you, you, you know, it's almost like the the veil was kind of opened up a little bit yes. wider. The aperture was yeah, yeah, opened yeah. up a little wider and you just saw a much bigger picture um, of what that is. And yeah, I've just, it's been really cool to kind of see, to see people open up to a bigger picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and last week it was, it was really fun slash really hard. Yeah. So it was fun, but hard. I saw a lot of tears. And to me, tears are so beautiful because it's it's un, uh, unspoken prayers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about why why did we see so many tears yeah. last week? I think whenever we talk about shame, mm. um, I, it's interesting. I don't know if our culture really. I know our culture pushes a lot of shame on people. I don't know if we talk about it for all, sure. Right, all <laughs> that much. You know, we we can find so many different places, but to talk about it. But I don't know if it's we're not a shame honor culture, but yet yeah, you're not a mom, so you don't know about mom shaming. It's for real. So mom shaming. I've oh only heard gosh. of this. Oh, it's intense. So what does it feel like? Come on, you have to breastfeed. You have to have a natural <laughs> birth. You have to eat your placenta. Sorry, gross TMI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out if you want no, to. No, you keep that. That's, that's awesome. No, and you have to wear your baby and you have to, yeah. you know, only feed them the right foods. And it's just like you're getting pressure and huh. it's just insane. Yeah. But anyway, so back to shame. Yeah, no, but I, I think it's one of those things that just always lurks under the surface for, for many of us and myself included. Um, and so it was really it was really refreshing for me to look back at the scripture and to see from the very beginning that God designed us to be men and women created in the image of Mm. God, that we're deeply Mm -hmm. beloved children of God created for something so much bigger. Yeah. And And I love that. God's been reminding me a lot that I am created in his image. And this was another reinforcement of that. I feel like in, in other circles, you're just, you have to remind yourself that you're a sinner all the time. Yeah. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You need Jesus. Like, and yes, that's true, but it's like, you get to take that off. Right. And you get to be a child of God and made yeah. in his image. You don't have to constantly bang yourself over the head about being a sinner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's freedom, right? Yes. And so I think what was so interesting is uh, I got a text message from someone in our community who said, I didn't recognize that shame was something that I wrestled with until you read my card and I heard the community respond, but God says you are a beloved child. Yes. Yes. So Doug had us write down shame. Names us. Names us blank. And we get, we wrote down what we feel shamed as. And then the whole church responded with, but I am a child of God. Yeah. And yeah. it was good because we were able to be anonymous in that. Mm-hmm. But I think too, what, what my hope is, is that that brings us to places where we can, as a community, remind one another yes. that we're children of God and that, yes. yes, like, you know, guilt can be redemptive because when we've done something wrong, that helps us to come to a place of repentance, to ask mm-hmm. for forgiveness. That's good. Yes, But shame is dangerous. That's, I am something wrong right. or I'm someone wrong. And so the hope is that as a community, we can fight for one another mm. and, see shame and call it yeah. out when we see it yeah. um, and remind people who we truly are. So, yeah, I think too, it was interesting. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on the dance party at the end? Oh, the dance party was awesome. We love a good dance party. <laughs> so that was so good. I think it was, you know, cause like you were saying the opposite of sh- uh, shame is joy. Yeah. And so we celebrated yeah. and that whole song was, when it was over, I was like, Oh dang, it's over. <laughs> I want to keep dancing. We have yeah. so much, we love dancing. So that was good. Yeah. That was yeah. my, my hips were fused at birth from the <laughs> denomination that I was part of, but that was like a total break, but it was really, really exciting. And I, I do want to make sure like, 
some of us, we have to remember shame is a journey. Mm. Like, like mm-hmm. coming out of shame is not just a one and done piece, but yeah. sometimes it takes a, a long time yeah. to come out of the shadow of that. But that's the importance of reminding each other face to face who we are and whose mm-hmm. we are. And it also is a really important way for us to begin to talk about um, just the fact that it's not just this one and done, but it's this, you know, uh, Paul says we need to continue to put on the mind of Christ. Yeah. And I think that's what it looks like to continue to journey away mm. from shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if you've ever spent any time in a swamp or in a creek bed and you get stuck in mud, it's, no. it's well, no. it's gross. <laughs> and it takes, when you walk into it, you have to walk out of it. And sometimes oh. that takes a while, oh. you know, you un- unless a boat comes by and rescues you, which has <laughs> happened. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that was really interesting, uh, a lot of you saw the announcement that there was a new to renew lunch. Yes, what was that secret meeting with Chick-fil-A Yeah, on a Sunday? That is the secret meeting. So <laughs> the the trick to being, uh, to eating Chick-fil-A on a Sunday is visit <laughs> Renew for the first time for a few months. And then we have these new to renew lunches. Um, and we talk about all kinds of fun things. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a really encouraging time. Um, we had folks that have been there for uh, over the summer, a few a little bit longer, a few a little bit shorter. Um, one of the things that was fascinating to me is is someone said uh, it was a month and a half of coming to house church that I finally found out that the church's name was renewed. <laughs> I had no idea what the church's name was. And I was like, oh, great. oh man, I, we should. I mean, our budget for branding is like in the millions, but no, we don't brand at all. And realizing like, but what an honor that is to know yeah. that people were embraced by a faith community and not by a name. Right. And I just feel like that is just so good. But anyways, there's so many just cool stories um, from that time. And I feel like it would, if every person from Renew could be in there, I think we would be reminded of how beautiful and unique this community truly yeah. is. Yeah. I'm so thankful you make a space for newcomers to come and ask questions. And, you know, it's really, it's just a beautiful space. Yeah. To welcome them. Yeah, yeah, it really is. One of the things, uh, I'll just share a couple of things that were really cool um, that we heard. Um, uh, uh, someone made this comment. They said, since we've been coming to Renew, we feel like we've been drowned in authenticity. Woo. And I thought to myself, okay, we can close the doors right now and yeah. just shut down. Because <laughs> if people are sensing that kind of freedom to share there's like what's really going on and to, and, you know, and even just the way that they talked about being pointed to Jesus and being prayed for, I, I was just so proud. Yeah. That's like church goals. Yeah. Church <laughs> goals. Yeah. Church goal 2019. Drown people in, in authenticity. authenticity. There you <laughs> go. Like, that's good. Let, yeah. Write that down. <laughs> We're going to live by that. Um, I thought too, they just, there was another, uh, another person made this comment that I think we forget because it's so normal for those of us that are part of Renew. Um, but it was refreshing to know that their child is not only welcomed, but asked to participate within the gathering. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, which always brings up kind of the weird, uh, the weird space for people who have grown up in church, uh, around the idea of how we have kids sometimes serve or, partake in communion and Mm -hmm. or partake in communion. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, you have sort of a communion story. Yeah, we love communion at Renew. Um, we love that it's every week. That I think is very formative. Um, we love that it's around the table, a round table, and served by our our friends and our peers. Um, we think that's important. And when we first started coming to Renew, um, we were in a different spot and we were able to sit in a circle. I'm I'm showing you a circle with my hands because I, I talk with my hands. Um, but we used to sit in a circle and look across the table to our brothers and sisters and be looking through Jesus, mm. through remembering him at the table. And we felt like that was so important. And that was totally mind shifting for us. Whereas at our old um, community, communion was somewhere you came up front you got it from the pastor and you went back to your seat and it, that was it. The, the table was not there, was not present for the rest of the mm. service. Yeah. So to have it there the whole time, to have it be an integral part throughout the service and every time we meet together is super important in our remembering Christ that way. Yeah. Yeah. And we also love a few, well, every once in a while we'll just give hugs as you get communion mm. and you'll get a hug. I mean, how often do you embrace people in the in-between? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and it's so important. Physical touch is a way we show mm. affection and love and support and community, you know, the whole thing. It's so important. And so to be able to hug each other was just a beautiful picture yeah. of communion as well. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think there's just so many, that's again for us, I feel as if, the table is is central to our worship and that happens at the center of our worship because yeah. it's so formative because it's not the work of the person serving. It's not the work of the person explaining. It's not the work of the pastors, the work of Christ through the people mm. uh, in, in the, in the everyday ordinary functions like chewing and swallowing, right. which is just amazing to yeah. think that Jesus himself used this really simple meal to to just radically change the way people will ever look at tables. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I've, I'm really grateful that we continue to keep communion central. Um, and even just watching kids, I don't know if you noticed this on Sunday, but uh, right after, uh, as the dance party was happening and and the adults were getting carried away, I looked back and there was a, a gaggle of children that bum rushed. Uh, <laughs> Mine in, was one of them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That bum rushed the communion table yes. while the parents and adults were busy <laughs> dancing and they housed that bread. Yeah. I mean, it was impressive. It looked like <laughs> almost a scene from The Walking Dead. I was just going to say the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It for sure did. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but I thought what I love about that is that's another picture of joy, yeah. you know, like coming to the table with excitement. Yeah. I love that one of our elders a few months ago, uh, one of one of our one of our little, small young kids, I think he's under two, um, kept running to the table during like before communion, and one of our elders had to literally pick him up and like physically restrain him, but yeah. just to like, hey, not yet, buddy, like it's yeah. it's gonna happen. But I love that even our kids, like they get that, and I think sometimes they really lead the way yeah. in in how we're shaped. Yeah. Um, and that's table. so important for young families to feel accepted with young kids. Yeah. You don't want to feel like a bother. Yeah. You don't want to, I've heard of people like the husband will go try churches for a while because they don't want to like take mm. the kids. And it's like, that's not renew. Like yeah. come with your kids, be loud. Yeah. Breastfeed in the, if you need to, like, yeah. that's important to me. That's yeah. important to my friends. And yeah. just to tell a new mom who just had a baby come, yeah. you can feed your baby yeah. right in church. You don't have to go sit behind a curtain. You don't have to sit behind glass. You don't yeah. have to be yeah. away. You're part of our community. That's yeah. important. Yeah, that's that's like radical embracing yeah. of others. Which is... I, I'm pretty sure Jesus would have allowed that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not a theologian. <laughs> One of the things that we feel really strongly about is we want to end each podcast with a question. And the question is very simple. Where do you, where have you seen God at work in the in-between? And so we're going to ask one another and eventually we're going to have guests and we want to ask that. And it's also a space for us to get feedback from, from the community that's listening to this, to send either myself or Lindsay, you'll see our email addresses in um, the, in the, in the description, yeah, in the show notes, <laughs> we'll have them there. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'd love to hear where, where you're seeing God in the in-between. So Lindsay, where are you seeing God in the in-between? So right now we are about a month into our kitchen renovation. We have had no kitchen for a month. Um, with two little kids, it's a little stressful. Mm. Um, and we are on a budget, so we have a budget contractor who's really nice guy. Um, <laughs> um, I've been doing a She Reads Truth study. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, um, yeah. Ladies Bible studies. Probably good for men, too. Actually, I think they have a He Reads Truth he read. That's yeah. original. I like it. It is. Yeah. It's a spinoff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but I'm doing a study in Hebrews right now. And this verse stuck up out to me actually this morning. I've been trying to get up before my girls get up, mm. um, which equals 5 a.m., which is early, but I go to bed early, so it works. But anyway, in Hebrews, um, the writer of Hebrews says in this little um, parentheses section, verse four in chapter three, Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. And Ooh. as I'm stressing out about this guy who's fixing up our kitchen, really, I just need to put my trust in God. And mm. so every day is a chance to do that yeah. <laughs> at this point right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I stress about finishes and, you know, the floor caving in it hasn't, but it could. And like <laughs> the electricity is crazy and all these things. It's just really um, a call to put my trust in God who builds everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that's easy yeah, for so. this week. But God, you, Doug, yeah. um, you see, you probably see God a lot as a pastor, but I'm going to ask you, how do you see God as you're not pastoring? Because I know you do a lot of things oh, that great. don't involve yeah, pastoring. Really so good question. Tell me how you see God in between not your work. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That feels so freeing to have that question asked. Let me take off my hat. Uh, no. Um, take your collar off. Yeah. My collar. Right. Yeah. That's a really good question, Lindsay. Um, some of you who know me know that one of my other passions in life is ice hockey. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've had this great opportunity. I, I kind of kid around uh, and I tell people, Renew pays my salary so I can be a pastor to the <laughs> hockey rink, um, which is not Are you true. Are chaplain? <laughs> uh, sort of. Um, but one of the really cool stories is uh, last week um, I, I went with a friend of mine um, up to, we were out in the woods for, uh, for a few nights, just kind of hanging out and whatnot. And it was really cool because about a year ago, he he made a confession of faith and wow. said, I believe Jesus is real and I want to start following him. And then his life went crazy. He like lost his job and he mm. stayed faithful and he had all these different things sort of come against him. And uh, a week and a half ago, I baptized my first oh. hockey friend of which I believe are many. Oh, that's so amazing. It, like, it felt like the Ethiopian eunuch story, <laughs> you know, like, hey, here's some water. Can you baptize me here? Yeah. It was like, it was like we're, we're in a river at flood stage and I thought we could die. Like this <laughs> is really dangerous but it was just so cool to to just to share that space like not in a church setting yeah. not as a guy who goes in my church but as a space where 
like Jesus has radically changed his oh, life. Awesome. And so he has just encouraged me and like, he's praying for me now in my life. And I just, I'm so excited about what God's been doing in the hockey world, which has been really cool. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so Lindsay and I, and uh, we would love to hear uh, the ways that you're noticing God in the in-between. So please feel free to send us an email um, and let us know what's going on again. Those will be in the show notes. And last but not least, a big shout out to Joel, who is going to be editing this spaghetti <laughs> mess of conversations. Thank you, my friend. And so, uh, and last but not least, we're really looking forward to our next podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, really just having a family discussion on Advent, what's coming up, how we can engage it best uh, as a community. And we're really looking forward to that. So we'll see you next month. Bye. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.